This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who was probably as surprised as I was to learn Cousin Richie wasn't threatening Andor due to the way he ordered a sandwich, Ryan Nelson. Uh, Justin, you can imagine how excited I was when it hit me, oh, this is a Tony Gilroy <laughs> high Star Wars yeah, story. Yeah, Uh-huh. And Cousin Richie is the wild card of the group. <laughs> yes, I he was, is. I was in absolute heaven when I realized he was the wild card. Yeah, he oh. is. That he is. It now. That man's going to have a spectacular death. <laughs> yeah, he is. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. He's probably, things are probably going to go pretty bad for him. Yeah. But, but hey, I, mean, I, I feel like he's going to go down at least doing something good or something. Who knows? But I don't know. He, he has some spa. Well, true. Uh, yeah, you're right. However he dies, it's going to be spectacular. Yeah, I'm calling it. Regardless of well, however it goes down, it's going it's to yeah. it, be how, fun to watch. We just need to say this. How many people celebrated when they were like, it's Cousin Richie. It's Cousin Richie. I know I was. I, 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 I was, was right cool. there. I was like, oh, it's Cousin. Hey, Cousin. But yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. When I saw him pop up on screen for the first time in episode four. So, all right. If you have been listening to the show uh, since we started it back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about the fourth and fifth episode of Disney Plus's Andor on Disney Plus. If you are new or regular and like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, 10 or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by writing us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. And if you have time, write us a review while you're over there. If you do write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time that we record all right you have not talked about the show at all uh this is the first time that you've oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, you've discussed yeah. it uh blake and i discussed a couple of weeks ago when we first uh got into it so uh real quick first thoughts on the on on the first four episodes because we'll i'll kind of give my thoughts on episode four as well okay. in here in a second but on the first four episodes what, what have you been thinking so far uh so the I agree with what you and Blake are saying. I thought y'all did a fantastic job describing this. And thank you, Cousin Blake. Cousin. And he is my my legit cousin, unlike (laughs) Cousin Richie. That's right. He's my actual blood relative. But uh, anyway, I thought y'all did a really good job. And I agree, the first two episodes were a little boring. But but the episode three, especially when my guy Stellan Skarsgård comes on. Mm Mm-hmm. It takes another level, and then you were like, "Okay, this has got some potential to be yeah. really good." And then we're getting really the backstory of the Empire as well, yes, and how some of these people became so evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then episode four happened, and like I said, when I realized this was about a heist, right? And we're meeting a new crew. I can't tell you. Not to mention Cousin Richie again. We're talking about the great Evan Moss Backratch back from The Bear, who is, his name is, 
What is his name? I don't know. That's the one thing I don't like about this. If well, they <laughs> do a bad job of saying their names. They did a terrible job of saying their names, and I can't ever keep up with their people with people's names. And they're all relatively like they're all kind of like kind of normal he's, names. He's Arvel Skeen. Yeah, Arvel. Okay, so yeah, that's who he is. Uh, so when I saw that, it was like I said, we got a crew. They're all like interesting yes. characters. We're about to have a heist. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack. I need this heist immediately. And then also, Stellan Skarsgård gave a master class in acting. Yeah, this yeah. Episode four. Because when you see him put on that wig mm-hmm. and he becomes a different person. Yeah, I've never yes. seen, I've literally, I, I, I'm sure I've seen this before. I haven't seen anyone do it. His fingers were doing different things yeah, because were. he was a different character. Mm-hmm. Like his whole persona. I've never seen anyone go that deep into it. I was just, I was in awe of him and, and the scenes. And then we get uh, Mons, who's been a character. Mon Mothra. Uh, mm-hmm. Mon Mothra. She was in Rogue One. She was in the uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, right? she was in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I know it's this is the same uh, lady that played the character in... Um, in Rogue One, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, that is... Genevieve O'Reilly. Genevieve O'Reilly. She's really good. Yeah, she is. So, uh, I really liked adding her. And then also, I'm interested to see uh, what Deidre Miro... Because I'm getting some vibes that her and Cyril Karn are going to meet up. Yeah, that's I get that. I'm, I'll, I get yeah, that as and well. I think they're going to be, and she is played by Denise Gal. Uh, she's really good as well. And then also, if I was going to do a uh, Tyrion Lannister for last episode, I got to give it up for Faye Marseille as the leader of the the heist group, Vel Sartha, who. I don't know. Is she Luthen's daughter? There seems to be it some feels kind of that relationship. Way. Yeah, it, yeah, it it feels like there's something between the two of them, like almost too yeah. close. I mean, yeah. it, it does feel right. that way. Uh, but I I really really like her because she is doing a very good job of portraying a leader who knows she is way over her head oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and she's going to get people killed. And she is. You can tell all that. It's just bringing her down. You know, her posture's bad. She's lying to these people. Right. They know she's lying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She knows we have no shot at making this, but she can't say that. Right. But she is doing such a marvelous job of, portray- of trying to pr- portray a leader that acts like they know what they're doing. Right. And she has no clue. Oh, yeah. Here's the uh, thing. Look, I have loved this, this show. I thought the first... It was pretty clear what they were doing in the first three episodes. It's pretty clear what they decided they had to do because if you release one episode of this and then you release a second episode, people will have checked out. Would have checked out. Uh, there yeah, is, yeah, yeah. There's oh, no yeah. question about that. Yeah. Look, I understand that they were telling a complete story because that's what this is. This is a look. This is listed as twelve episodes, but this is really just four episodes because this is what they're going yeah. to do. They're going to tell. They have taken their four episodes, their four basically hour and a half to two hour episodes and they have broken them down into basically smaller chunks and uh that's the it's really the only issue i have about this show is the way that they are feeding it to us because like i said when you put all three episodes together for the first three 
loved it. Absolutely looked loved yeah, yeah. the entire story that they told in that one complete episode. When you look at what they've done, I, like episode four, it just ended. I mean, <laughs> there was no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay, we're done. Uh, we're, there's no real end. To, we didn't really come to a, an actual natural ending. Well, well because I, I think the, I think the ending was, hey, we're about to have to do a heist. Yeah, I mean, that, like I said, it just it just abruptly ends. It's like, okay, well, I guess that's what we'll pick up there next week. And that, that's really the only issue I have with this is. Where, like I said, I mean, the epi- I, I will say this: episode four and five, I think, are better primer episodes than the first two episodes were. Like, I'm far yeah. more anticipating what they're going to show us in episode six than what we saw oh, in episode yeah. three. Look, episode three was fantastic. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but I'm far more anticipating what they're going to give us in episode six than I did in that in those first three episodes. But it's just so weird, and it's just this weird dynamic where we have to like kind of. Like, we're going to get episode six next week, and it's going to probably be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be spectacular. It's going to be just riveting television. I honestly believe that. And then we're going to have to kind of, like, completely ramp down and then go for three three more weeks to kind of build all that back up again. And that, like I said, because, you know, you're you're making a good point, because where did uh, uh, Bix, uh, isn't that her name? Yeah, Bix. Mm -hmm. Uh, where did she go? Well, and that's uh, the only other issue I have. And I'm glad you mentioned this. Obviously, you know, Bix is still back on that planet that that uh, Ferrix, I guess, or is it Ferrix or Phoenix? I can't remember the name of the planet, but uh, yeah. she's still back there. But the other issue I have is like this whole season, this whole show starts with him looking for his sister. And I haven't heard anything about his sister. No, since the you're beginning. right. That, that just went, that went away. I, it, in fact, for a little bit, I thought, is Bix's sister? Right. Because they look like they could be they, brother. They, they did kind of look that, look but that way. But I guess <laughs> they had some kind of relationship. Yeah, they did. And, and of course, come on, the Irish guy has to be the jealous drunk. Come on. <laughs> Haven't we been through enough? <laughs> What's interesting about him is they gave him a normal name. Tim was his yeah, was yeah. his name, but of course, being Star Wars, they have to give him a second M for his name. They can't just be plain old Tim. So, uh, oh, I was I was also I was excited that Fiona Shaw was Marva Andor. Yeah, and I good. hope we see more of her because I love I her. Like Anytime I've seen her in something, I, I love her. I watched. Uh, uh, Killing Eve, which she was, she was in that, yeah. and she was one of the best parts. I, she's been a lot of stuff, and yes, she's yes. always good. And so, like I said, you know, it looked like we would be getting a the story with her and Bix at the same time, and we haven't seen them. Yeah, we haven't seen them. And like I said, so, it's, so it, well, it feels like they they wrapped up that story. Now they're moving on to something else, and like we'll wrap up this story with a heist, and then we'll move on to something else as well. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you think the heist is the next episode, or yeah, do they I, I do. string it out another one? No, I think it's next episode. I think they'll. I think that's what they're doing in this. Is they're basically giving us three episodes. They're giving us, like I said, this is. It's almost like the show Sherlock, uh, where yeah, you have these long. I mean, Sherlock mm-hmm. is basically like the seasons are like four episodes long, and they're all like two hours long. Uh, right, right. And that's kind of what this feels like, except obviously yeah. they're giving it to us in in thirty to forty five minute increments. Yeah. Uh, well, I wish Sherlock had ended after season two. I have, I, think, I, I have not seen but like a couple episodes. I, mean, I want to watch the rest of oh, it. Oh man, just it got worse as it went on. Oh, those it? first couple of seasons, I thought it was the best show I'd ever seen. Was it? Yeah, I want to yeah. watch more of it. I just haven't get around yeah. to it. So uh, I don't even know where to stream it. I gotta look that up to be honest, perfectly honest with you. But that's for another time, another day. Uh, but like I said, it's 
It's so it's really good. I mean, look, this is yeah. it, this episode especially. Like, I was just like, they're doing nothing but talking in this. I mean, they're mm-hmm. in this episode. There's nothing but talking. The prior episode was nothing but talking, and they are doing. Give Tony Gilroy tons of credit because he is selling a a, a dynamic script. I mean, and he does. The, he did the work in the first three episodes to say. Stick with me. Understand that I'm going to. I'm telling you a complete story over the course of these three episodes. Just you know, just stick with it. If you can kind of get invested in the backstory, because I'll be real honest with you, those first two episodes when we and Blake and I talked about this, I wasn't just real invested in the backstory. I wasn't just real invested yeah, yeah. in what was going on. But when Stellan Skarsgård is kind of like explaining to me what this show is, and this basically it's this birth of of from Cassie and Andor going from this screw up, which is what he was in the first three episodes, and he probably kind of still is at this point, to be perfectly honest yeah. with you. But he's a very talented screw up. Uh, he just doesn't know he doesn't know how to be actually used correctly uh and so they're going to use him correctly and like i said that when he is basically selling selling me on that i was buying him because stellan scar chart is is fantastic uh yeah well you know it's no surprise that tony gilroy is the guy behind the first couple of born movies yes Mm -hmm. because we remember the great action, but the first one, especially, they have a lot of backstory. Oh, yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. You know, about like, well, you know, the the beginning. I, I can't even think what that group is called, but like, you know, yeah, no like how, how he becomes Jason Bourne. So that that as well. And then let me just praise Diego Luna. Just another person just killing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I love him in this episode, especially because he's kind of like, Oh God! I know why I'm here. Right. These people are clueless. Yeah, they're clueless. I mean, that's that becomes pretty obvious pretty quickly in this episode. I mean, we don't really understand yeah. it. We don't really understand why he was so why Stellan Skarsgård's character Luthen was so insistent upon bringing yeah uh, bringing Can, uh, Cassie Andor into this group of people. We don't really understand that when even in the, even in episode four, but when they're talking in episode five and they're like basically trying to like fake their way and saying, "Hey, you need to tell us," you know, if if you know what you think you know you need to tell us how this how we're actually going to launch this ship and he's like no you don't understand you don't know what it he, he's realizing right. they have no clue what they're doing they have right. no clue whatsoever and he's like oh my gosh this is gonna be bad i mean yeah, uh, yeah he was like i'm definitely flying it. <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> like no way i'm no way is anybody else getting behind that the wheel of that thing besides yeah. me so well, i also love because He's so good at like not giving a lot away how he's feeling. Mm-hmm. He just looks kind of upset the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. But like uh, Evan, cousin Richie, Arvel Skeen looks the same way. And when you got those two going at each mm-hmm. other, I was just like, "Oh, this this is heaven." This yes, is, it is. It's know, fantastic. You know, and and like because he's kind of they have so much in common because they both you know were left right, and you know the empire has just been horrible to them just you know putting them in homes and just abusing them making them go to to you know to try, i guess to at some point end up being stormtroopers i right. guess is what you end up being but uh especially if you're orphans like they were so you know I, diego luna man he he's a great actor and he is getting just a great opportunity you know we talked from the you know the beginning who would have ever thought that his role would be a spinoff right. of 20-something episodes 
but uh, we're on episode five. I can easily see it. Yeah, you can. You can easily see it because, like, like it's like I said. I mean, give Disney a lot of credit and give uh, Kathleen a lot of, Kathleen Kennedy a lot of credit for convincing Tony Gilroy to do this because he was not wanting to do it. I mean, this was something that he didn't think he thought was a mistake to make the show. I mean, and they were, they were trying to get him on board with like a completely different concept for this show. And it was him basically saying, no, 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 you one, he's like, you shouldn't do this at all. You shouldn't make this show, but if you're going to make the show, this is how you should make it. And she's like, okay, well then go do that for us. then." And that's what he ends up doing is he's like, okay, well, I guess if that's the show, that you would be willing to make, then I'll make, I'll make that show for you. And this is a different role for him. Tony Gilroy has never been a showrunner, and that's what that's yeah. what that's the role that he is playing in this. He's the showrunner. He's the writer. He's the main writer, but he's not directing a lot of these these episodes. Which I was when I right. when I heard that he was kind of in charge of, I assumed he'd direct a lot of them, and he's not. I, I'm assuming I would have thought the same thing. Yeah, I assume that he will eventually direct some, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say this is also. I, and I didn't realize I, I needed this or wanted this. This has given us so much backstory on the rebels oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and the empire. Like how did they fi- end up fighting right. to get to, you know, to, to get to the, uh, to get to a new hope? Like how, yeah. how do we get there? How do, so how do we get to rogue one? So we're like, this is the beginning. We're getting to mm. see the beginning of the rebellion. And then we're also getting to see how these people, that are in the empire become such monsters yeah. and come to find out it's all goes back to bad mommies. Yes, it does. <laughs> it kind of, it really kind of does because the one that, like I said, the person who is still kind of like has my interest for a lot of this is Cyril Karn, uh, who is played yeah. by Kyle Soler and his mother is creepy. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's the overbearing mother. I mean, and she's, she's talking about this uncle of hers or his. And I like said, we don't really know who this uncle is. Uncle Harlow. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't really know. Like, I mean, who is uncle Harlow? I mean, we don't have a picture. We don't have a face. We don't have, we don't have anything to match him. Like I've been looking up and down the INDB to see if there's a person who has been cast for that person. I can't. Well, and they're very good about not putting the names of, people because like this episode wilf scolding mm-hmm. wilf scolding obviously he is captain uh he was the guy they showed for briefly captain something captain vanistigo yes he's on the poster oh is he? and this is the first episode that they've showed him his name of the character oh, okay I, I didn't even realize that i haven't looked yeah, at so and that also made me realize <laughs> Oh, there's going to be a lot of these episodes where, like you mentioned, there's like four episode arcs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's going to be, a, you know, a bigger part. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but like I said, they didn't list his name until this episode. Yeah, and the mother is played by Catherine Hunter. Her name's Edie Carr. She is good. Yeah, she's 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 very good. I mean, she's just so. And- I mean, is there is it anything more awkward than watching a grown man get slapped by his mother? Right, I know that's just such a weird dynamic to sit there to to observe. I mean, like even in that that episode when when she is when she slaps him, I mean, there's a woman across like the balcony who's like sitting there watching it. I mean, and Ah. she and she like like curses her out, like what are you looking at? but one of the things that's so that's just fascinating about this, like I said, is is Cyril Karn because. He's just kind of, he seems like he's been like, 
emasculated at this point. Uh, he's yeah, he's absolutely. We you know he hardly says a thing. I don't even know if he has an actual line in the fourth episode. He may not even said a single thing. I don't remember. But uh, he's obviously stewing and he's simmering and kind of boiling here in episode five. Uh, but it ends kind of ominously with him got that just that holodeck thing whatever you call it of 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 cassian when you know he first became a suspect back in episodes one through three he's just like so he's gonna become so focused on cassian that it feels like it's going to awaken something in us and this is kind of what i talked about with blake it feels like a really reckless a really dangerous person is about to be awakened because of the fact, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he was so by the book. He was so, you know, I, I've got my tailored uniform. I've got everything kind of together. And like, it feels like once he kind of gets with Dedra, which is, I feel like that's where he's going to end up yeah, going. Got it. Gotta be. That's, she's going to kind of try to unleash in him what Luthen has unleashed in Cassie. And that's what it feels yeah. like anyway. So I, I agree. And the, the same with his mother. One, a couple of things made me laugh. The, the boy just wanted to eat a cereal. He just wanted to eat cereal. Like, he wanted to eat these Cocoa Puffs. I'm not sure what those were. Yeah. They look kind of like Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. So, and then when she says, you know, you and Uncle Harlow have never been close. And he says, wonder whose fault that is. <laughs> exactly. I yeah. actually laughed out loud. Yeah. She's, she is so creepy. Yeah, she is. She's, she's very creepy. So. Oh, you never invited me. It's <laughs> like I had an extra room. There was always an open invitation. That's right, an no open invitation. invitation. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, just the dynamics between him and uh, his mother is just has just been really good. Like I said, we haven't gotten much of those, but when we've gotten them in these these couple episodes, it's been fascinating to watch. Um, well, like you said, you know he's about to go down a dark road. Oh yeah, you do. When you mm-hmm. see his mother like that. Yeah, you, you really do. Um, one of let's let's go ahead and talk about just the uh, let's talk about the the crew at this point because yeah. they're, they're kind of the ones that we're we're focusing on. There's only seven of them. They're taking on a garrison, uh, an entire garrison of troops. They are presenting this as basically an impossibility. It feels like most of these people understand that they are getting ready to die. Yes, and that's the hard part. They've come to the hard part. They've come to the night before. And Cassian, at least the way that they are presenting it in, in my mind, is Cassian is calling them out on the fact that they're looking for ways out is what they're doing. Uh, because, yeah. you know, it's one thing to say that you're committed to a cause. It's one thing that is, it says that you're willing to get into this, and that you're willing to do whatever it takes. And once you get to that point, though, when there's no going back and your life is on the line, it feels like you're about to you're about to kill your you're about to lose your life or something. You know, this is the whole thing that this is the whole thing with um, uh, is it Arville? What's what's uh, Richie cousin oh, Skeen? Skeen. All right, uh, that's kind of why Skeen seems to be so intent on calling out on uh, calling out Cassian because if if Cassian is going to cause things problem, then they can call the whole thing off. Uh, yeah. And Cassian's basically like, look, nope, that's not the case. I, I mean, it gets so point to the point where Cassian realizes. If they're going to use me as an excuse, if they're going to keep, keep saying he's the problem, he's the problem, he's the problem, then I'm just going to come clean and tell them why I'm here. I am here for the money. Uh, and it, yeah. And it just immediately, I mean, you can even see it in the faces of the characters. It immediately diffuses all that. They're like, okay, well, yeah. he's here for the money. If we see his payment, I mean, Richie tried to, to, to steal it from him. I know I'm just going to keep calling him Richie. I'll never get his other name. Uh, but, uh, That's fine. 
but yeah, you know, he's like, he's like, okay, well, yeah, that's that, that makes sense. I mean, if you're here for the money, I see your payment because that that Kyber crystal is worth at least fifty thousand dollars. That's that's not his full payment. That's just kind of like a down payment that uh, that Luthen is is wanting back. But like I said, it just it immediately diffuses it, and you can tell yeah. everybody wants out, and because they don't know what they're doing, they have no idea. I mean, you got right. them talking about uh, Skeen should be on the other side because he's left-handed. Which is why I wonder, how does he, he was, he went to Imperial training. How does he not know? Right. You would think you would know. Mm -hmm. I I wonder if he was giving, that's why there, there's some things he's doing that makes me wonder if he's not a spy. Well, that's one thing I've been trying to figure out as well, ever since they kind of started this, uh, this storyline of this, you know, you know, is there going to be a spy? Is there going to be somebody yeah. who's going to turn on them? And I don't know because, I mean, they've basically established that these people have been in this for months. They've been in it for yeah. for months upon months upon months. And, you know, why would you go through all of this if you could eventually just go ahead and turn these people over? Uh, like I said, yeah, so, that's a good point because they could kill them in about five minutes. Yeah, they could. I mean, I mean, the, I mean, the TIE fighters coming Three could just blow him up real quick if they wanted to. So, but I guess he's trying to. You could. I'm just going to throw this out there. You could say I'm staying in this to see how far up and who's all, who true, all yeah. the players are. Yeah, because they are trying to figure out. We we think there's a rebellion, and they haven't called it the rebellion. Right. But they think something's going on. They're they're convinced. Yeah, which you know, uh, Deidre Miro is correct. Right, that someone's you know do it up up to something. So you know that could be it. But um. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, he he was once skiing from the beginning that you were like, yeah, this guy's not 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 going to live. Yeah, uh, but uh, I was going to say also, uh, I really really like uh, Alex Lothar as Karis Nimick. Yeah, I, I thought that was a very good character. Yeah, he's the manifesto guy. Isn't he? Yes, okay. yes, the manifesto. I really like him, you know, talking about the the, the manifesto. Uh, I, I thought that was just fantastic. Yeah, he is because he is a hundred percent into the cause. I mean, yeah, he is. He has his ideas. He has his thoughts. He has his philosophies. Uh, and you know, he's just trying his best to get, convince Cassian about what all he should be thinking and doing. And yeah. he, like I said, love his character. Absolutely think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, I don't really know what the uh, the other woman in this, who's the healer, uh, as Cassian uh, calls her. I don't know what role. Cinta Cas. Thank you, Cinta. Uh, she seems to have, like I said, I don't really know what her role is supposed to be in 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 this plot. Obviously, she's kind of holding everybody together. But you know, you, what are you going to do when your healers are away from the rest of the group? Right, right. I, I, I really don't understand. So uh, I'm really interested to see how they kind of play this thing out and how it all ends up shaking out in the course of the long run uh like i said you, then you got the guy who's on the inside you got this lieutenant guy who is actually gorn yeah lieutenant gorn who is part of who's part of the empire he is you know 
then they give everybody a reason, which is so, which is good yeah. because we don't really know why everybody's part of this. I mean, Lieutenant Gordon lost a lost a woman. He lost a job, which really he lost a woman. Uh, you've got you talk about uh, Skeen who lost his brother uh, because his brother ends up committing suicide because they took his land from him. Uh, they're giving backstories, and it's not—it's not like some of it's sob stories. Obviously, you know, brother committing suicide—that's—that's—that's that's, that's a sob story. But it's not just like they don't just like try to completely overwhelm you, overwhelm you with emotion on why these people have given up their faith in the empire and why they—they've yeah. they've turned against it. It's just you know a lot of little things that are being kind of ignored by the empire, and that's the reason why the empire is going to eventually get taken in it's, it goes back to what cassian says to luthan back in episode three they've gotten so fat they don't even and they've gotten so fat and they've gotten so smug that they can't even imagine that there would be a rebellion and that's what they're getting into we, and we see a lot of that especially with gorn i really like him in this episode i thought he did a fantastic job because right. like he has to sit there and and listen to these rude people you know bad mouth you know like these peasants that right. live in these areas. And then also I thought the scene where, you know, he's like tricking the privates, right. the, mm-hmm. the, the young privates. And like, he's looking around like, Oh God, they're buying this. Right. They <laughs> like are. he has a look on his face. So I thought, I thought he, he had a really, he did a really good job. We got to see a lot, a lot more of him. And Suli Remy is the guy who plays Gorn. I thought he did a really good job. And like you said, you, you got to see just how smug, like you mm. said, people are like you can see why a rebellion happened and they were able to take over um well speaking of smug let's talk about let's talk about mon mothma's family yes (laughs) oh god that husband the the husband is awful uh the daughter may end up being worse (laughs) because i mean she just flat out like says like mom you don't have to come like i know you just want to be seen Uh, i mean this is what i mean this is this is what people when like they get like a stereotype a stereotype of like what an an evil empire is about about that doesn't care about the people that they're supposed to be serving these are the people that you have in mind and mon mothma who is like the ends up being one of the leaders of the rebellion and being one of the, like the big wigs that of the entire thing she's married to one of them i mean it is yeah. He is awful. He is. He is. So what? So what do you think the deal is? Is he gonna try to turn her in? Which we know it doesn't work. She's in later movies, right? I, I feel the confident that's going to be the case. I think she. Yeah. He, she is. He'll find out that she is on that. She is somehow part of it, and she'll. He'll try to turn her over. I, I fully believe that because it it will disrupt. I mean, he says you know all of her her empire friends that you know are causing other people to starve, and you know they're they're fun. I mean that's the literal the word that he uses that these people are fun yeah i'm like I, and, I, and i saw someone describe this on twitter and it's so true he looks like a saturday night live skit where will forte the great will forte from saturday night live is playing an imperial uh, yeah. spug because he's got like a bad ponytail yeah. mm-hmm. like he looks like what forte would be playing a character yeah and, you're like, not wrong he's so like you said smug and like he hates his wife. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he hates his wife. He just 
he doesn't have a whole lot of respect for. I think that's what it is. I yeah. mean, well, and he he will not like the rebellion. No, he will not. because it will it will upset it will upset his apple cart is what it's going to do. And yeah, like I said, it's going to do the same thing for his daughter. I mean, she's this is that's one of the interesting by putting it's one thing to put the husband in there and put her at odds with her own husband, but you know the daughter is going to be in the, in the same boat. I mean, when push comes to shove, you know. The daughter, who is just as awful as the husband, who is yeah. probably who won't want to have her perfectly nice little comfortable life that she has set up here in the empire, she won't want to have that upset. She won't want to have that taken down because of these, you know, these poor people who I don't even know who are just peasants yeah. to me. You know, what are you going to do with that as a parent? I mean, that's a tough thing, and that's one of the, you know I give. Tony Gilroy a lot of credit because he is exploring a really, really difficult concept in this uh, because in every instance that we've ever had in Star Wars, you know, the father-parent relationship, even if it's a fractured, it's one that is dying to be repaired. It is one that the right. two are trying to reach. I mean, Luke and Darth Vader, are, you know, even though there is obviously a, a great separation between them, there is still a longing and a desire to repair and to mend that relationship there. That is still there. Right. This so is going the opposite a, direction. I have a perfect spinoff. I need a teenage sassy Leia and that <laughs> smug daughter in some Academy <laughs> together where, where they're, they're the villains and they're uh, rivals. That's right. At a high school. It is sitting there for the taking. Yes, it is. Cause they would be about the same. Yeah, age. they would. They'd be about the same age. Cause this takes place about five years for uh, the battle of Yavin, yeah, which would be make, make them rivals. Make in a them rivals. That'd be fantastic. Yes, that would be so, but yeah, it's like I said, it's just Tony Gilroy. He has written some really compelling stuff here. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's cool to kind of get Coruscant again because uh, I really, honestly, I kind of thought Coruscant went by the wayside after uh, the the third prequel. But obviously, it's yeah. still kicking. It's still going. So good for it. Yeah. Uh, but the person who I love the most, my, my favorite character in this, look, I love Diego Luna. I think he's fantastic. He's the one who carries this show, and he's obviously, it's his show. But Stellan Skarsgård, what oh, he has yeah. done is just it's just phenomenal. I mean, when he puts on that wig, I mean, I kind of thought he looked like Russell Crowe for a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. I, we're channeling some Russell Crowe here, but he, he's, I, I don't know what that accent he was going for was. Uh, it, like I said, it, it's definitely unique, but I just love the, what he's doing. I love the fact that his, you know, the person that's working in his store is just as involved in this rebellion as, yeah, as Luthen is. Uh, it's just so many interesting and unique things that they're going on. Like Luthen is, you know, even though he's not there in the rebellion, he's not there at this uh, garrison getting ready to, to, to try to rob it as well himself. He feels the pressure himself. He, I mean, he knows that, that, Things are about to go down, and things are probably going to get really bad if they don't uh, if they don't go exactly perfectly. And he knows that for them to go perfectly, it's a long shot. So I mean, he's feeling that right. pressure, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of miles away. Everybody's feeling that pressure, and that's just like I said, we don't get much of Luthen here in Episode Five, but what we do, he just sells that 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 uneasiness for us. Yeah, and I love how. 
just how nervous he was for oh, yeah. this, how, how it was going to go. And like, you know, she was like, make yourself useful if you're going to be up all night and right, start exactly. polishing these coins. And yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling he was up all night polishing those coins. Yeah, he, he probably was. was. Mm-hmm. He, he is so, you know, concerned. And also he keeps, he is mentioning about having feelings about stuff. And here's the deal. He's been right. Yeah, he has been. He knew mm-hmm. they weren't ready. They yeah. needed somebody else. And, and they did. So, you know, and then like when he went to that, when he, where he found uh, Andor, like he was like, I'm, I feel like I'm here for another reason. And he was. He right. found mm-hmm. the pilot. So I, I really like him. But we got to go back to the crew, to the heist crew. We got to talk about that more. Who's going to die? Let's just throw <laughs> it. We got to make some guesses. <laughs> Ah, who I'm to say that's probably we the better Andor. question. The the the, the question of who survives was probably better. Obviously, Andor. I think he survives. Uh, outside of him, it wouldn't surprise me if only one or two of them makes it. If if that many, say, I'm going Vale. You think Vale survives? survives? I think Vale survives. The rest, I don't know. I, I skiing. Skeen and uh, Manifesto, uh, Nemec, they're gone. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Manifesto yeah. kid, yeah. He he feels like he's he gonna get gone quick. He's too much. When you're that much of a believer, dead. Yes. Yeah, you you yeah. really are. And like I said, Skeen, whatever, how, however he does, spectacular death. I'm calling it now. He's either gonna have this heroic death where he ta- he sacrifices himself for everybody or, else or something, yeah, or or he's the bad guy, right? And, and he you know ends up blowing himself up. Yeah, so something's happening. With him. You know, uh, Taraman or Tamron, mm-hmm. and uh, and the uh, Kaz Senta. I'm not sure. I don't feel good about them making it just because yeah. you know there's not gonna be a lot of people. I think Gorn makes it. Because I think they're going to use him more on this yeah, show. Yeah, that can make sense. Because mm-hmm. that make like he, you know, since he's a plant, I I feel like he's going to make it. But I don't feel good about this crew. No, I don't either. I feel, I feel like, like I said, I mean, the only person that you can bank on is obviously Cassian, and outside of him, I mean, you're probably giving less than fifty percent odds to any of them. Yeah, pulling the pulling their way through. Uh, you know, you said Bell. I don't know. I guess it it depends on if she actually is somehow related or not to yeah to Stellan Skarsgård because if if she's related to Luthen's character, then they've got to they've got to kind of connect the two of them somehow or another. Uh, right. That, but if if they're just if she's just a person to him, if she's just a, a, another you know rebellion leader, then you know she becomes expendable to the story at that point. So. Other than, like I said, I mean, maybe she survives, but like I said, she's the only one that really uh, truly feels like has any chance uh, outside of Cassian, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. So, yeah, God, I love a heist. Yeah, I love good. a heist. Yeah. There's, you know, uh, I mentioned this on the Patreon. I'm in the, I'm at the end of reading the Heat 2 book. There's a book on the Heat movies that takes place, and uh, I'm reading it at the same time, and it's, oh man, it's so good. And this is so good. Yeah. I love a heist. Yeah, it's it. Like I said, this show is is it's so very good. It is very entertaining, and it's it's just you have to be willing to to meet it in the way that they present it to you, in the way that they are presenting it in in basically little bitty tiny chunks. Uh, if you can't get past that, then you're probably doing yourself a disservice. I mean, there's part of me that wants to tell people if you're not. It, 
if you're struggling to get through like each individual episode every week, give it wait three weeks. Then that way you can watch all three at one at one yeah, time. That's, that's actually a good idea. You know this this heist is more similar to like the Dirty Dozen. I don't know if you ever watched that movie. It's been a long time. Movie. It's been a very, very yeah, long but time. It feels closer to that than it does Rogue One. Yeah, it because does. like like Rogue One, I know most of them ended up dying. But yeah, like, yeah, they all did. <laughs> yeah, I guess they all did. Never mind. But uh, like, you just don't know what's going to happen here. And the Dirty Dozen was the same thing. And it right. was like a mission that that was set up to fail. So that's why this feels feels like that. But uh, I, I'm really excited to see where this goes. This is a really good show. I think. You, yeah, it is. You, you you've mentioned that a couple times. I just wanted to back you up on that. And uh, I just love the backstory of, like I said, of how the rebellion started and just how these horrible empire people are created. Well, let's talk bigger picture here real quick, because this is a really fantastic show. Uh, most people are, are praising it. It's getting a lot of universal praise through from critics, from fans alike. One of the things I think that has become very apparent in the time since Disney took over this, the the Star Wars franchise when they are relying on previous characters, when they are relying on characters that are well established that George Lucas uh, established either in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogies, they struggle. But when they are taking yeah. brand new stuff, when they are creating new characters and they're relying on their own the own things that they've done themselves, the Mandalorian, this. Yeah, it does well. I mean, it does really, really well. Right. And this show, like I said, uh, Obi Wan, I thought was good, but it's not this. It, Obi Wan was nowhere near as good as this. It's just, right. it's, it it's just not. Uh, they seem to understand what it means to create new peripheral Star Wars characters. Uh, yeah, and to create, you know, find the, you know, to find the room in those spaces where that haven't been explored yet to find room in those spaces and to really give some additional context, give some additional breadth. I mean, we haven't, we have not seen Darth Vader. We have not seen a Jedi. The closest thing that we have to a lightsaber is this Kyber crystal that has been like given as down payment. It is when, I mean, it's, it's, it's a star Wars story in terms of the the things they use and the things that they do in terms of like, I mean, we have Mon Mothma. I mean, she's the only thing that we have that's even related to previous star Wars stories. Right. But like I said, it's, it seems like when they, when they are telling their own stories, when they are telling their own, when they are branching out into their own sections of the universe, it does really well. But when they really start to try to rely on those, those, those previous things that we've always seen, that's when it struggles. And like I said, I don't really know what that means for, for star Wars going forward, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, but I know that I like this and I hope we'll get more of it. So, yeah. And you know, you make a very good point because if you weren't even a star Wars, like huge fan, you could watch this because Mm -hmm. they don't really make you realize it's the Mm -hmm. empire. There's not like they're calling themselves that, right? You know, they're definitely not calling themselves the rebellion. So like, you really don't know what these two teams are. Well, they are calling themselves the empire, but I mean, an empire is, yeah, Yeah. it's, I mean, an empire is, I mean, it's, it's a government. I mean, you don't really have to know much more beyond that. Mm Mm-hmm. But, the, but it's not obvious no, that it's this not. is involving mm-hmm. Darth Vader. Exactly. That's what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was going to say, I, I did notice this episode 
so the last episode was 8.0 and we're going by IMDb and it's hard to go by the, but right. it's 8.0. This episode 7.6. And I think you're on to something. I think because the heist didn't happen this week. No, it didn't. And I think that's why, cause I actually think this episode may have been better. Oh, I think Especially this episode the, was better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I think because the heist didn't happen, right. that's why this one's rated. I, th- I think you're right, though. If you do like, you know, do it in chunks, mm. I think you you could watch the first three and then watch four or five and most likely six that right. involves the heist. So, yeah, I think you're onto something. Yeah, you, I think you could. If, Obviously, if you're struggling to do that. Look, I think you can. I think if. As long as you understand what you're getting, what you're watching, uh, like I said, it doesn't bother me to watch it now that I understand what, like I said, after I saw those first three episodes and saw episode four, I was a little annoyed about the fact that they were just going to do this, you know, here's three, epi- like, we're not going to tell a complete story till we do three episodes. It was a little annoying, but, you know, having understood it, I'm fine with it. I, so I don't mind watching it in, yeah. uh, episode by episode but i can definitely see why some people might struggle right. with it, to say the least yeah. so uh all right what else do we want to talk about anything else you want to talk about with this um uh, let's see no I, I i i think we're good man i um i'm really really excited to see where the heist goes i, yeah, I, I do. just uh, I kind of wish I had had that episode right now. Yeah, I know I too. I, I really wish I had that episode too right now. But like I said, I think this story did a really good job of, of yeah. setting us up for it. I, I really truly really do believe that. So yeah, because the other comments I have are going to take place with the awards. All right, so let's get into those then. All right, up first we have the Tyrion Lannister, our weekly award uh, for the MVP. Who is your MVP for this week of Endor? A cousin. Cousin. <laughs> uh, it's Evan Moss Backrack. Yeah, he's good. I mean, this is why you cast him. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this man, I'm going to do, sh- do a bear pun. He's cooking. Yeah, he is. He's he cooking. Is, he is just the, the stuff, man. Especially the first scene where he, he's describing you right. know, his tattoos and what he's been through. And then when they get into it, you know, there's a couple of scenes. This is why you cast this. This guy can act. This guy has been waiting for these roles. And thank God we're giving it to him because, and when you get him and how lucky we are that we have him and Diego Luna going toe to toe to each other. I mean, how, you know, I got to pick him because unfortunately, I think this is one of his last episodes. Yeah. See, I I actually ended up going with uh, Faye, Faye Marseille as Vel. Yeah, I went with her. I went with her the last episode. Uh, I went with her just because I really kind of feel like, honestly, I feel like the best that we're going to get from uh, from Evan Moss Bacharach is next episode. I really feel like that's the one that he's going You're to. You're probably right. I feel like that's where he's really going to step up. Uh, but that's where I'm going with him. Uh, I mean, I'm going with her for my uh, for, for my for my Tyrion Lannister, my MVP, just because she has to sell. I mean, she's the leader, but she has to sell that she's selling that she's a clueless leader and she doesn't yeah. really truly understand what's going on. She doesn't understand everything that's about to take place. I mean, that's becomes pretty obvious when she's dealing right. with, with, 
uh, with Diego Luna's character, Cassie Andor. So, like I said, I loved her. Look, there are a lot of really good performances. That's This show is chock full of good performances. Yeah. We haven't even talked about, you know, could you throw Kyle Soller in here in the way that he's oh, stewing yeah. and the way that he's kind yeah. of simmering? You could. You could throw his mom in there. I mean, there's a lot of people that you could uh, right. toss in for that. So, All right, your best scene of the week, the Agatha all along. What did you go with for that? So I'm going with the, the second scene of uh skiing and andor where uh skiing is going through andor stuff and they really get into it oh yeah uh i i thought it was just just fantastic like i said i i, I was like this is why you cast evan moss backrack for this this role because you got to go because diego luna's fantastic actor you right. gotta go with someone who can go right there with them yeah, and yeah. they casted the perfect person and we got some magic three scenes of them you know of just the two right. of them and it was really good and mine is the third one that's the one where he actually pulls the knife on uh on yeah. cassian andor that's the one that i went with because he's kind of at that point he feels like he has figured out cassian andor and he kind of has, but he kind of hasn't. And yeah. like I said, that's the, the moment. That's when the moment when Andor decides, you know what? I'm just going to come clean and tell them I'm a mercenary. I'm here for the money. That's the reason why I'm here. And obviously, it feels like it feels like he's going to have some type of connection with somebody that's going to die in this, and that's what's going to kind of like actually attach him to the rebellion. Uh, that's what it yeah, kind of feels yeah. like. So, but yeah. I could be totally wrong. So we'll see. So. Well, he was making googly eyes at Senta. Yes, he was. And. Uh, Skeen was like, "Hold up!" <laughs> he was. He was. Uh, he was not real. Senta and Bell have been sharing a blanket. Uh, get back it's here. Uh, all right. Up next is our line of the week. The kind of come with the king. You best not miss. What's your best line for this week? So there are some really good ones this week, and mm-hmm. I, so three of them really stood out. I'm, I guarantee one of these is yours. The name of the episode, and this is said by Skinny. Uh, you're going with the one that I went with. Okay, okay, I'll, I won't say that one then. All right, so the other one, there. So the uh, another one was said by Nimic, where he says, "I really like this one. A surprise from above isn't as shocking as a surprise from below." I really like that one. Yeah, but the good. one I went to was Andor and Skeen together when he said, "I'm here to win and walk away." And Skeens says, wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah. <laughs> Just the way he says it. Because he's like, dude, we're going to die. Right, sorry. We know we're going to die. Yeah. But he just, the way he says, wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> yeah, it was. That was a good one. Uh, but the ones you're talking about, it's, it's where the episode gets its name from. Skeen says, uh, when they're talking, when, when he's talking, I think it's the first conversation between Yeah, it is, where he's talking about the abuse that he took. Yeah, he says, the axe remembers, uh, the the axe forgets, but the tree remembers. Obviously yeah. being, you know, the, the axe being the empire in this instance, and the people that uh, the empire is basically uh, pouring out their harshness on that, the, that being the tree. So, uh, like I said, just look, it just sounds great to me, but it's also, it does yeah. a really good job of, of portraying what it kind of what it is that they're going up against. So, that's the reason I ended up going with that is my line of the week. So, all right. Uh, that takes us to our rating for this week. So, we have a five tier rating system here on the Main Attraction Podcast. At the top of our list is a Game of Thrones. Just beneath Game of Thrones is a Lost. Beneath the Lost is a Friends. Uh, beneath Friends is a Full House. At the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. Where are you with the first five episodes of Cassian Andor? I was 
full intention on going loss, but I'm so fired up after this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going Game of Thrones, man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, go ahead. How can you not be fired? We're getting Stellan Skarsgård putting on an acting yes. like clinic. Mm-hmm. We had three scenes of Diego Luna and Evan Moss Backrack going toe to toe, like two like Hamlet actors right. going at each other, like Shakespearean great actors. And then also, <laughs> we got a heist coming, man. Yeah, we got a heist coming. Yeah. We got a heist coming. <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones, I'm in. Yeah, I told Blake and when we recorded about the first three episodes, I told him, I said, you know, I was really, really contemplating going straight to Game of Thrones, and it was one of the quickest that I that have been there. It, it 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 is. It's like I said. I wasn't. Let me say this. Maybe I need to kind of rephrase this. So it feels like. I kind of like need to like pull up my like, like my little special ranking of of the AO until we get to the end of a of a sixth ep- of, yeah, of a three episode that's arc. Good point. That's a good point. Uh, it feels like I kind of need to do that just because this is this is an incomplete episode. I mean, there is yeah. no way to get around the way that they are doing this. I mean, if you've watched the first five episodes, it is obvious. It is three episodes at a time makes one episode. So we still don't have a complete story. I mean, this still just kind of this story just kind of ends. I'm assuming that if they continue to do what they're doing, it's going to be a Game of Thrones at the end of next week. But like I said, it still feels like an incomplete because we don't have a complete episode. Uh, but I feel like they'll get there. I really do. I feel like they're yeah. going to get to a Game of Thrones. Uh, but I would like to have a complete, an actual complete story. It's just so weird. Like, it, it, like I said, that's the only issue I have with this entire show because like when it ends, I'm like, it's jarring. It's like, it just... ends there's no no real true ending for the show and it's like okay well i guess i'll wait till next week now so let me ask you something because we keep talking about him had we not watched the bear would we be this excited no we wouldn't i would i I would i I I would not be that excited about about what but because we just saw how much chaos that he brought to yes the bear in the fact that you're going to give him a blaster and you're going to put him on He's the obvious wild card in yeah, this he group. Is. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why you that's the reason why you're excited. Look, if you have not seen the bear, you need to go watch the bear and you can yes. understand why we are so just enthralled by what Evan Moss Backrack has done in in these two episodes and why we can't wait to see what he does in the third episode because He's just so, like I said, he's just, I mean, we talk about Matt Smith as being an agent of chaos and Damon. He's, that's what he was in the bear. Uh, He was an agent of chaos. He was. Absolutely. I was thinking the same thing. You nailed that. Yeah. And I think that has made me even more excited because like I said, the moment I realized this was a heist and Mm -hmm. Cousin Richie is the wild card of the group, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh God. Give me the heist right now. That's right. <laughs> Don't quit teasing us. That's right. So, but they're teasing us. They're definitely teasing us. Yeah. So, but we, we only got a few more days and then, then we'll get our heist. So, all right. Uh, before we go, look, this is, uh, we're kind of wrapping up. Uh, we're doing things weird just because we haven't been recording, but, uh, uh, we'll do our recommendations when we do House of the Dragon on Sunday night. So we will, uh, we will do those then. But one thing that we kind of want to kind of start prepping people for is as we get ready to transition, because Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power is getting ready to go away. We also have, uh, House of the Dragon. We've only got, uh, three more episodes of it. Episode eight uh, airs Sunday night. We will record as we always do as soon as it is over. 
But real quick, uh, some things that we're getting ready. We'll, we'll obviously, we got our next thing uh, paired up, uh, teed up for once House of Dragon goes off. White Lotus Season 2 comes out the very next week. So uh, House of the Dragon wraps up on October 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, October 23rd. And then we'll go straight into the White Lotus Season 2. We we have reviewed the White Lotus here on the Main Attraction Podcast. Uh, real quick, anything you want to say about what we might be expecting? expecting here in season two speaking of chaos white lotus is yes, back no, it is and, the, and jennifer coolidge is back yes she, they're bringing her back mm-hmm. so the trailer looks fantastic it does mm-hmm. you've got aubrey plaza in a bad relationship yes. and, she, and she uh has resting white lotus face yes yes so we have michael imperioli uh the great michael from sopranos uh who appears to enjoy prostitutes. Yes. We have F. Murray Abraham as a very grumpy uh, grandfather. Yeah. I mean, how could you not be excited? I know, tell me about it. It looks, it looks fantastic. It looks absolutely fantastic. And I kind of presented this to, to Ryan. Do we want to possibly consider covering this show that's taking place in Lord of the Rings, the peripheral that's going to be coming up on Amazon? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. 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 I think that's because it, it's done by, look, if you, if you haven't seen this, I was just kind of captivated about when I saw the, the preview and the trailer for it. It's done by Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joey, uh, our Westworld compatriots. They're the ones who, who created it. So they're, they're taking over this uh, show called the proof. It's based on a book. I don't know anything about it, but like I said, I love Westworld. I love what Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy have done for the most part throughout Westworld. So we got two uh, shows coming up that, uh, you know, if, if you like these two, we feel like we got something else uh, really key up for you. White Lotus is just so unique and so different. Look, I can't wait to see what they do with the second season. They're bringing in, obviously, yeah. a whole new character, a cast of characters. Jennifer Coolidge won an Emmy for her portrayal as, uh, I can't remember the character's name in The White Lotus, but nevertheless. Yeah, what was interesting is no one in that show got nominated for a leading actor or actress uh, spot. It was all supporting actors and actors. I don't know who the lead was in, in that first episode. I mean, so her name was Tanya McQuaid. Okay, that's right. Tanya McQuaid. Uh, yeah. I think F. Murray, not F. Murray, uh, Murray Bartlett, or what was his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he, he won, too. Did he won? Okay, I thought he did. So. Uh, he but, was fantastic. Yeah, he was. He's obviously not coming back for this one. No, uh, but, like I said, if you haven't seen the first White Lotus, I would recommend going checking out checking out on HBO, uh, HBO Max. It is there for you. I'm guessing this is going to be, I think they said this one's going to be seven episodes long, if I'm not mistaken. I think they said season two would be up to seven episodes, if I'm... If, if I remember correctly, but anyway. yeah, that's correct. Yes. Yeah, and I was gonna say the peripheral stars Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, and she's she really good. Man. Yeah, she looks really good. Yeah, she's good in everything she's been in, mm-hmm. and it looks like a bunch of the uh, side actors from uh, Westworld are in this. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I just saw. Like, so not like lead. the main characters. You, if you go through, you'll start going. Oh yeah, I recognize that person. I recognize that guy. You'll see some of the people. Okay. From uh, from uh, Westworld that have been on there. So that you know that has a lot of potential. Uh, 
It is an Amazon show. And it is an Amazon show. Mm-hmm. You know, they've done pretty well, so we got to give have. them credit. They have. We've yeah. enjoyed their stuff. We have. We have enjoyed their stuff recently. Uh, they've had some. They've had some hit or misses. Uh, look, I will. We will forever be thankful for for some Amazon shows because we had yeah. we had a uh, uh, what was outrage. It? outrage, which got us like probably three fourths of our audience at this point. Yeah, so, no so we appreciate that. We appreciate them for that. So maybe this will kind of have the same uh, effect for us. So. All right. uh, Anything else you want to add before we head off? We just appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. And there's going to be a heist. There's going to be a heist. That's right. So, uh, guys, make sure that you check out uh, the eighth episode of House of the Dragon and come back and join us on Sunday night when we discuss it. But until then, as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.